0: You can turn over in your Bibles to John's Gospel, chapter 15. As you're doing that, let's have a little fun on this one before we get started on a new series here. I want each of you to think of a number between 1 and 9. It can be any number at all. Now, you have a little space in the top of your outline underneath the intro part, and if you want to, you can write these uh, numbers in here. But pick that number, and now multiply that number, whatever it is, by 9. Now, you should come up with two digits whether it be 32 or 58 or whatever number it might be, I want you to add the first and second digit together. So if, you're, if you had 35, you would add the 3 and the 5 and you would get 8. But whatever those two digits are, I want you to add them together. Now subtract 5. All right, now you got a number. I want you to take that number and if the alphabet, if the letters in the alphabet were equal to a number, say that A was equal to 1, B was equal to 2, C was equal to three, and so forth. I want you to take the corresponding letter with your number. Alright, everybody got that? Alright, now think of a of a country that begins with that letter. Give you a little time to figure this out. Think of a country that begins with the letter you just picked. Now I want you to think of a mammal that begins with the last letter of that country. Whatever country you pick, the last letter of that country, pick a mammal that begins with that letter. Now, I want you to think of a fruit that begins with the last letter in the name of the mammal you picked. Alright, everybody got it? First letter was for the country. Last letter to that country for the First letter of some mammal. And then um, last letter of that mammal. First letter of some fruit. Everybody got it? How many of you have uh, kangaroos living in Denmark who eat oranges? (laughs) Anybody have a cola bear? Lives in Denmark and likes apples? Most of the people... 98% 98% of the people who will go through this will find that they have kangaroos in Denmark eating oranges. 2% of the people will come up with something different. Most of those will have the koala in Denmark, liking apples. But it's interesting how everybody can get to the same place simply, even though we start off at different, different spots. You can still get over to the, to the same place. We're talking today and for a number of weeks on fruit being fruitful. How many of you know that the Word of God commands that we be fruitful? How many know what fruitfulness is? For some people, we think fruitfulness is how many people you've gotten born again. How many think that that is what fruitfulness is, how many people you've gotten born again? Sometimes we think that fruitfulness is operating in the Spirit, in the gifts of the Spirit. How many think that being fruitful is operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit? Now, the problem that comes in is that we all know we're supposed to be fruitful. We all know that the Word of God even requires that we be fruitful. But very few of us actually know what a fruit is. We would not be able to tell if we were fruitful. If we cannot tell if we are fruitful, then how are we going to answer the call that God gives us to be fruitful? How can I tell if I'm being fruitful? What does God do with unfruitful vines and trees? Gets rid of them, right? How do you know that you're not one of those ones that's going to get being gotten rid of? Well, if the Word of God tells us to be fruitful, how many of you all know that the Word of God also tells us how to tell if we are fruitful? And I can tell how fruitful I am. But I need to understand what the Word of God says about being fruitful. Because if I understand what the word of God says about being fruitful, then I can be fruitful according to how God looks at it. If you have a job and if you're in sales, they generally tell you how to tell whether you are doing a good job in sales or not. If you have a job in manufacturing, they can usually tell you what you have to do in order to have had a fruitful, productive week. So how is it that we can know these things? How can I know that I am fruitful? Over here in John 15, he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, He takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, He prunes that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Abide in me, and I in you. And as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you Unless you abide in me. So we see it's important that we bear fruit. But here he starts off and says, I am the what? True vine. Which means there must be a false vine or false vines out there somewhere. If he has to identify himself as being the true vine, then that must by default mean that there are also false vines. So why does he identify that? If I become one, if I abide with the false vine, will I produce fruit that he wants? No, he says, I am the true vine. So if we're going to produce true fruit, we must be part of the true vine. If I am part of the false vine, what fruit would I produce? If I produce any, it would be false fruit. So he must be, there must be false vines, otherwise there's no need to distinguish the true. I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. My Father is the vine dresser. Who is the vine? Jesus. Who is the vine dresser? Did you notice that your name was not written in there? How many of you have ever run into a vine dresser? Who wants to dress your vine? Who wants to prune you? How many have ever run into one of those? (laughs) Who is the vine dresser? The Father. Who is the vine? Understand this. He is very clear on the roles here. We are not the vine. We are not the vine dresser. We are, we haven't read that yet, but if you all know this passage, we are the branches. There's the branches, there's the vine, and then there's the vine dresser. Understand our role is always to be a branch. We can never be a vine, and we certainly cannot be the vine dresser. My father is the vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit He takes away. Who's the branch? We are. Every branch in me. Is He speaking about unsaved people? Every branch in me Every branch in me Are they part of the vine? Are they part of the true vine? Every branch in me That does not bear fruit, he takes away. Who takes away? The vine dresser who is? The Father. Jesus does not, and we do not. We are not in the vine dressing business, we are in the branch business. We produce fruit, we don't prune branches, we do not become a vine. If we become a vine, what do we become? A false vine. He is the vine. We are the branches. The Father is the vine dresser. I'll tell you why that is so important that you get that down. And you understand, the Father is the only one qualified to be the vine dresser. The Son is the only one qualified to be the vine. And we are qualified to be branches. Those that bear fruit are what? Pruned. Verse 2. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. And every branch that bears fruit, he prunes. Why do you prune branches? Anybody ever grown anything similar to a grapevine or other stuff like that? You prune them to try and produce more fruit. You prune the things out that are no good. You know, I, mean, I used to I told you a story. I used to you know, work the tomato crop for my mom. And, and she taught me the, where the suckers were. And she'd tell, tell me, you know, these are the suckers. You don't want these on your tomato plants. And so I'd go over there and i inspect each one and i pulled off the suckers. Got rid of them suckers. <laughs> pulled them right out. Because she said they won't produce any fruit. So we just went out there and pinched them when they were little. you got to pinch them when they're little because when they get big, you'll hurt the plant. So you got to be out there all the time. And then sometimes you're even looking at the, the, the buds that are on the tomato. And if you've got ten, well, that's probably a little too heavy. So you want to try and cut it back. You know, maybe four or five or six, whatever it is that you want to do, whatever that particular thing is. And so you're always out there, you're pruning it, you're taking care of it. Because you want that thing to produce the kind of fruit that you want. He says in verse 3 something interesting. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Are they saved? Yes. Do saved people produce fruit? Well, they can. But they don't always. If you are not saved, you are not part of the vine. You are a branch of a false vine. Or you have been cut off or whatever. But he says it's imperative that you produce fruit. Because my father, the vine dresser, is always out there working on the vine. He's... He's the vine dresser. That's what he does. He's always looking at it, and when he comes upon one and it's not producing fruit, they will try and help it along, but otherwise, let's get rid of it. Now, remember the parable. We covered this not too long ago on Wednesday night, when we had the tree in the in the garden, and it wasn't producing. And the vine dresser, the the owner, and that. that, that in that case, it wasn't a vine dresser, but the the owner of the vineyard. He um, he said, "Cut it down. Cut down the tree. It's not producing anything. Cut it down. Why should it take up space? Let's put something else there." And Jesus, the one who's going around taking care of these, he said, "Hold on a minute. Let me let me get in there and let me fertilize it, and give me another year. Let me work on it for a while because the." Father had said, I've come here three years looking for fruit on this tree. Haven't found any. And he said, give him one more year. And so we got one more year for him through intercession. Got one more year for it. It's imperative that we bear fruit. But if I don't know what fruit I'm supposed to bear, I can get a little scared of this this whole thought. How do I even know I'm producing fruit? Maybe he's already cut me off. Oh. So those that bear fruit are pruned. He says you are already clean. Being being clean does not mean you bear fruit. Just because you're clean doesn't mean you bear fruit. We cannot bear fruit unless we abide in the true vine. You must abide in the true vine in order to bear fruit at all. But just because you are part of the vine doesn't mean you automatically produce fruit. There's something that has to be done. Sometimes Christians get the idea that just because I'm attached, I'll produce fruit. Or else we get the idea that unless I'm getting people born again, I'm not producing fruit, then they get in fear. Now, we can be attached to the divine and not produce. But the whole idea of being attached to the divine is to do what? Produce. Produce. That's the word here to do. So bearing fruit is the process of becoming fruitful. Bearing fruit is a process of becoming fruitful. It's just because I get attached to the vine doesn't mean I, I bear fruit. There's a process. And through that process we become fruitful. How many of y'all want to be fruitful? There's a process that involves three things here. First off, identifying. I have to identify the true vine, don't I? He says, I am the true vine, so I must first off identify the true vine. Jesus. The Son of God. I must identify that vine and I must become attached to that vine. What happens to people who decide, well, any way that you pick is fine as long as you believe it. You can get to heaven any way that you want to as long as you believe and you live the way that you believe. No. Not especially, but now you can say this with a lot of things Jesus taught. But here in this one, He's saying, "I am the true vine." You got to be part of Him, which means you must believe that Jesus is the Son of God, that He came and died on the cross for your sins, that He paid the penalty and set you free. So first off, I got to identify the true vine. So identifying is the first thing. Abiding is the second. He said in verse 4, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. Neither can you unless you abide in me. We must abide. So I've got to first off identify, then I have to abide. I have to abide with the vine, the true vine. And after I'm abiding with the vine, I have to put up with some pruning by the Father. In order to get rid of some things that are keeping me from being fruitful. The Father comes along and He prunes us. He gets rid of some things that will keep us from being fruitful. That's important for us to know. And we'll come back to this. This will be pretty much our text verse. We'll come back to a lot of the things that Jesus teaches here as we go along through this. But in verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. So what's the trick to to bearing much fruit? Abide in me and I in him. This is abiding thing. We get this abiding thing down, we will bear much fruit. It's more important, it seems, as far as bearing fruit, that we abide even more so than being attached. But understand you cannot you cannot produce fruit unless you are attached. But just because you are attached doesn't mean you produce. But he says, if you abide in me and I abide in you, you'll bear much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered, and they gather them and throw them into the fire and they are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. This abiding part is really big. If we're going to understand what fruitfulness is, we must understand what is abiding and how does abiding help it. Because somehow abiding is tied into being fruitful. But abiding is not just being attached. Abiding is more. Because I can be attached and still not produce fruit. So there's something about the abiding that Jesus wants us to get hold of. Because if I abide in Him and He abides in me, I will bear much fruit. It seems like it will happen. Now as we said, don't lose sight of your role. Who is the vine? Jesus is the vine. We are the branches. The Father is the vine dresser. That is the order. That's how it is. It will not change. No matter how spiritually mature you become, no matter how fruitful you become, you will not graduate into a vine. You will not graduate into a vine dresser. You will always be a branch. Jesus will always be the vine and the Father will always be the vine dresser. So don't lose sight of your calling. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, If you abide in me, see, it's conditional. Just because I'm attached doesn't mean I abide. But if I don't abide, I won't produce fruit. So getting attached was good. You had to first off identify the true vine. Getting attached is a good thing to do. (laughs) Glory to God, you're attached. But now you got to get on to abiding. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, what's he say then? Ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now, most people like to hone in on the last part here. And they want to ask what they desire and believe that it will be done for them. Oh, I desire this. Oh, I desire that. But it, he prefaces with this. If you abide in me and if my words abide in you. See, it's conditional. These things have to happen first. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. So don't lose sight of your role. Don't lose sight of your calling. Let him abide in you and you abide in him and you won't lose power in your prayer. You will gain power in your prayer. Your prayer will have power because you abide in him. So this abiding part is extremely important. How can I know if I am abiding in Him? How can I know it? If I am fruitful. Right? If I'm fruitful, I'm abiding. How do I know if I'm fruitful? How can I tell if I'm fruitful? Is it important that we know what fruit is and whether I'm producing it? It sure is. Verse 8, By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. By me abiding, or abiding in Him and bearing much fruit, the Father is glorified. Who is the Father? The vine, the vine dresser. If the branches on the vine produce fruit, the glory goes to the vine dresser doesn't that always isn't that the way that it is if you walk into a vineyard and the vineyard is just brimming with fruit do you come in there and say where did you ever get these vines these just must be the best vines in the world no if you walk into a vineyard and it is brimming with fruit what do you say what is your secret how do you get your vines to produce so much fruit. How? Look at the branches. The branches are loaded. They are full of fruit. How did you do this? By us being fruitful, the Word of God says, it brings glory to the Father who is the vine dresser. You want to glorify the Father? Absolutely we do. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. So apparently even when we are abiding in Him and His words abide in us and we are producing much fruit, giving glory to Him, this also is the process of becoming His disciples. For He says, So, or in the same way, will you be disciples? So discipleship is involved in being fruitful, in abiding. So we need to see the roles of all these. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Now, what's he been talking about? Bearing fruit, abiding, glorifying the Father. He's still talking about that, isn't he? If you you jump on down to uh, verse 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. He's still talking about bearing fruit, isn't he? We're still in the fruit area. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Was He not just talking about abiding in Him? So now He says, abide in my love. Do you think abiding in His love has to do with abiding in Him? Does abiding in His love have to do with producing fruit? If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Jesus gave us the example of it. He abided in the Father's commandments. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, than to lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing. But I have called you friends, for all things that I have heard from my Father, I have made known to you. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the Father in my name he may give you. There he is repeating that part. These things I command you that you love one another. So by this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit. Again, this is why he is the vine dresser bringing the glory to him. So by bearing fruit will you be my disciples? A disciple of God is one who bears fruit. And then he goes on, he speaks of three things. He speaks first off of love. Abide in my love. He uses the example that he abided in the Father's love. Abide in my love. Read the whole verse there. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. What does that mean? It means that the Father had a love. And the son mimicked that love in loving you. And now he says, I want you to mimic my love for you in the same way that I mimicked, I copied, I followed after, I abided in the love of my father. I saw the love of my father and I walked in that. And now you see the love that I have for you, now you walk in that. So, if the father loved the son and the son used that example of love and loved the disciples in that chain of events, who are the disciples supposed to love in walking in that example? Should we love demons? How hey, about plants and animals? How hey, about the earth and all that God has created? Is that what we should love? What are we supposed to love? Others. Others. This is what Jesus commanded us in other places too. That if if we don't have love for other people, how's the love of God in you? So the Father starts the love off. He loves the Son. The Son comes in and He loves the disciples. And the disciples are supposed to go and love others. There's the chain. That's abiding. The Father and the Son had an abiding presence with each other the love of the father abided in the son and the son abided in the father and he came out and he lived in that example so out of Jesus we can find fruit and the disciples he said now he already told the disciples you are all clean you are all part of the true vine but he he talks about their fruitfulness as being conditional he wants them to bear fruit. If you're already a part of it. How many of us are already a part of the vine, but we have to get ourselves to the place where we are abiding in Him that we become fruitful? Now, here's the thing. The Father, the vine dresser, is going to prune you in such a way that you will produce fruit. So all you need to do is yield to the vine dresser's pruning How do you yield to it? You go to the second thing that he talked about. First thing he talked about after this teaching was love. Verse 10. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. The second thing he comes to, the first one is love. The second thing he comes to is obedience. Love, obedience. I need to walk in the love that has been demonstrated to me and I need to obey. So when the Father, the vine dresser, comes and He prunes me, I obey by yielding to the pruning. If I resist the pruning, I'm not walking in obedience and I won't produce fruit. So I need to walk in His love, secondly I need to obey when the father says do such a thing I need to do it now here's where we like to get into the area of, of being vine dressers how many God has dealt with you in a particular thing and he wants you to be obedient in this and so he's pruned you he's quickened the word of God to you you've heard things about the word of God oh I should be doing that oh I need to get in there and i I need to do that and so you get out there and and, I mean, you've been walking the Christian life for a couple of years and then now all of a sudden the Holy Spirit is dealing with you. The Father is dealing with you. He's coming in. The Holy Spirit's quickening verses because the, the, the Father, the vine dresser, is coming in and He's pruning you. He's pruning you. Well, we can come on in there and we can say, Oh, he's He's taking off these parts of my branches and He wants me to grow this way. And I look across the way and I see another branch who's doing the same thing I was just doing. But I notice that the fine dresser hasn't pruned this other branch the way he just pruned me. So what do I need to do? Don't I need to help out my fellow branch? <laughs> Don't I need to help out the, my fellow branch and and prune him? Yeah. Branch, come on. Get over there. Don't do do that. The Word of God says this. God's been dealing with me on this area over here. You need to quit that thing. What did I just do? I stopped being a branch and I became a vine dresser. How does the Father get glory? By the branches bearing fruit. On a vine. The vine does not produce fruit. The fruit is produced solely in the branches. The vine itself does not bear fruit. The vine sustains the branches and the branches produce the fruit. Is the Father glorified by a great vine? If you came into a vineyard and huge vine you come in and say, look at these massive vines. Wow. But there's no fruit. Would that impress you? You can come in there and say, what good is this? It doesn't, it doesn't really do anything. It's just big. Jesus is not in the fruit-bearing business anymore. He was when he walked down here on the face of this earth. But he's not in the fruit-bearing business anymore. Who is? We are. We are in the fruit bearing business. If God is going to get glory, he's not going to get glory out of a great vine. God gets glory out of fruit, which is produced on the branches, which are attached to the vine. If branches stop being branches and try to become vines or try and become vine dressers, then who produces the fruit? And who gets the glory? Now you walk into a vineyard and you have a great abundance of fruit, who gets the glory? Divine dresser. And what does the Word of God say about God sharing His glory? I will not share my glory with another. I know that when we used to have a plaque in our home growing up, right by the door. (laughs) God, I will not share my glory. I got that one down. God's God's not in the business of sharing those things. Thank God He shares some stuff. There's some stuff He's got out there that says hey, this is for everybody. Said, but glory? No, that's mine. Now, how many of y'all have stuff that you'll share? How many of y'all have certain things you will not share? That's mine sometimes, you know, you get that condemnation on you. It, well, I need to share all things. No, I need to walk as my Father did. My Father says all the glory belongs to Him. So there's some things that can be mine. Glory to God. You can go home and tell your spouse that. It's mine. <laughs> you tell your kids that. Kids, that's mine. <laughs> you can have some stuff that's yours. That's all right. Don't get stingy with it, though. I'm going to be a stingy person. No, it's it's. Aren't you glad you can have some things that are, that are yours? They give you identity. They give you a, you know who who you are. This 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 thing is, this is my part over here. How many all used to watch uh, uh, like that show? Um, oh, I can't think of that. Uh, tool time. Oh, we were tool time fans. We loved tool time. Tool time was a great one. You know, Tim the tool man. You get on out there. Not. Nah, whom did the tools belong to? Tim. There was one episode in particular where um, uh, his wife got blamed for taking some tools that she did not take, and someone else had, had taken. But they really did a nice, funny thing with it. You know, they had her had her uh, put her hand up and and uh, her other hand on a wrench, <laughs> some kind of wrench, and, and she had to. Uh, promise that you would not touch the tools or use the tools for not their intended purpose, whatever it was he had him do. But, you, you know, there's just some things that, you, that you're used to that you, that, are, that are yours. You know, if you like doing a particular thing and no one else knows how to do that and somebody else gets in there and uses your stuff, how many all know they don't use it the way you did? And it got ruined. You know, my, my wife went out there and, and she got a... Uh, one of those uh, things to do, one of the tools for her garden. She likes doing the gardening, doing the stuff. And she had this one tool. She had, I don't, Somehow the first one got lost. And so she went out and she bought a new one. Brand new one. Now that was her tool. You know, I don't touch that tool. That's her tool. She bought that. She went out. She picked it out. She got the one she wanted. She had it. And the thing disappeared. I mean, we couldn't find it. Did you? I, didn't, I don't No, I didn't see it. And we looked in everything. We looked in the shed. We looked in the garage, we looked under this, we looked in place here, we didn't know where it was. We eventually did find it. I don't even remember where it was we found it, but we eventually did find it, and, but that's her tool. She bought that tool special, that's to do some things she wants to do in particular in the garden, and when that tool needs to be available, she needs to know where to get it. That's her tool. And you need to have some things that are just, and it's okay, they're, they're yours, but most of the stuff we should be sharing. But God doesn't share glory. This is His. We are not called to be vine dressers because if I step into the vine dresser mode, I'm trying to steal His glory. I want to stand back and say, see all that, all that fruit and that branch? Yeah, right here. Good job I did, didn't it? No, I am not the vine dresser. And I may see a fellow brother or sister doing something that God has dealt with me on. Recently. But I have to remember, I'm not the vine dresser. And God waited for a couple of years till he dealt with me on nothing. Maybe that branch is not ready to take on those things. Maybe it's not time just yet. But the vine dresser, he knows what he's doing. Let the vine dresser be the vine dresser. Now the word of God does say that if you see your brother in sin to go and correct them and there are some some things that we are told to do from the Word. But we'll get into all those things, clear them all up for us. But who is the vine dresser? The Father. Who is the vine? Jesus. Who are the branches? Who bears fruit? We do. If the branches don't bear fruit, what happens? They're gone. They get cut down, they get gone. We need to be bearing fruit. There's no one else. There's no backup plan, folks. You are the fruit bearers. The Father gets glory from you bearing fruit. So we need to keep on walking in that. So there's the second thing. He speaks of three things: love. He speaks of obedience. In verse ten: If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in His love. Obeying the word of God, obeying the things that God says to do, is part of abiding in His love. Don't be sitting there saying I'm abiding in the Father's love but I'm not doing what He says to do. That's not abiding. These things I have spoken to you that what? That my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. That my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. So here's the third thing. Joy. After he talks about being fruitful, abiding in the vine, that the branches bear fruit, he speaks of three things. Love, obedience, and joy. Which would lead me to the conclusion that when I'm operating in the love of the Father, demonstrating the love of the Son, That I'm bearing fruit. Then, when I obey the will of the Father and thus the will of the Son, I am bearing fruit. When I operate in such a way that His joy is in me and my joy is full, I am bearing fruit. How many of you know? that when you walk around with the joy of the Lord in you, coming out of your face, just leaking out all over, joy, that you are bearing fruit. How many of you know that when you love others, that you are bearing fruit? How many of you know that when you obey the Word of God, when you obey the Spirit of God, when the Spirit of God says go and do this. Step out here. When you obey, you are bearing fruit. Fruit, folks, is evident to all. How many of you all like fruit? I mean, fruit's good. Fruit's even better than vegetables, isn't it? I mean, that's what they advertise now. They want to get vegetables in you. So they got that special drink that masks the vegetables with fruit. They say you don't even taste the vegetables. All you taste is the fruit. So people go out. Well, I'll get my vegetables by just the fruit. I mean, fruit is good. Isn't fruit good? I like. I like fruit. Fruit is good. I told you the story before. I think you know. I had when I was uh, fully into running, and I was on everything on my diet. One of the diet books I picked up was one called uh, by uh, I can't think of his first name, but Pritikin. How many And we all know the Prettykin diet. Well, he came up with a diet for runners. And in that diet, it was low-fat, it was high-protein, and lots of carbohydrates. But, I mean, it was low-fat. They wanted you to drink skim milk. I never got down to drinking skim milk. I can drink skim milk now. I've been off it long enough that I can drink skim milk now, not have a problem with it. But generally, I like to drink 1%. I cannot drink whole milk anymore. Whole milk, if you give me a whole milk, I'll, uh, it'll sour my face. Be the same thing as someone used to whole milk who drinks skim milk. It's like, oh, what is that? They go bad or something. You know, I, I cannot drink whole milk anymore. For a while, I couldn't eat anything that was made with cream. But they had what the, in uh, this low-fat thing. They would they just did all kinds of neat stuff. How many of you all like cottage cheese? I am not m- one of you. I don't really like cottage cheese. But I was adventurous, so they had this recipe in this book for a cheesecake made with large curd cottage cheese. But what you would do is you'd take the large curd cottage cheese and you'd rinse it off. And that was your base for the thing, and so you'd mix it up with that. But you sweetened the thing with concentrated apple juice. There was no sugar added in this thing outside of what was in the apple juice. And there was nothing unhealthy in the thing. It was all completely healthy. There was even a blueberry topping on top. And so I made this, and it was a—I mean, I was impressed—not with my ability to make something, because I just followed this, the, the simple recipe. <laughs> That's all I had to do. It was a simple recipe; it wasn't hard. Anybody could have done it. Oh, it was easy to follow, but oh, it tasted good. So I made it. I was uh, uh, in, in another church then, and doing some things with the board. And so I—I made it for a board meeting, and it was all guys at this board meeting. And so I brought it. I didn't tell them where I got the recipe from. I just brought out this cheesecake, nice blueberry topping on top, and they all ate it. Gone. It was every bit of it was gone. They all wanted more. Told them afterwards how healthy it was. None of them would have had any idea. You can eat healthy and not have to be, eat disgusting stuff. You can do it. But you know, it's just fruits. They put all kinds of fruits in these things, and just use, everything was sweetened with concentrated apple juice. It seemed like, no sugar added to anything. And it was all all good stuff. Fruits are good. People like fruit. Oranges. How many of y'all like orange juice in the morning? It's fruit. Apples. Grapes. I mean, these are good things. Mangoes. We were in the Philippines. Boy, I got a hankering for mangoes. Oh, man, they are good. Pineapple. I like pineapple if it's fresh. You give me that canned stuff. I don't like that a whole m- whole bunch. And don't cook it. I will not eat cooked pineapple any more than I'll eat cooked cabbage. I will not eat it. It will not be eaten. I like it fresh. I like it cold. But fruits are good. People like you. Don't have to convince people to eat fruits usually. Kids usually like them. You know, bananas. These are all all good things. People like fruit. Folks, if we get more fruitful in the realm of the spirit, people will like us more. There's a whole lot of unfruitful vines out there and we don't understand why the world doesn't like us. Well, because you're attached to the vine. And when you're attached to that vine, people aren't going to like you because of the Word in you. But you have that fruit on, they'll hang around because of the fruit. And that gives God glory. Love, obedience, and joy. Be joyful. Be glad. Let... His joy, he says it right in there. These things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. It's not an effort on your part to stay joyful. It's his joy remaining in you. Same way it is his love remaining in you. If we let his love remain in us, if we let his joy remain in us, then we can bubble out with this, and people see. His love coming out of us. They see His joy coming out of us because we are attached to the vine and what comes out of the branches comes from the branch? The vine dresser? What? The vine! It's from the vine. Being fruitful is not. It should not be the hard work we've made it out to be. But it does take some effort because apparently, as we showed earlier, you can be attached to the vine and not produce any fruit. So it does take effort on our part. There's something we must do in order to become people who bear fruit. We see how important it is. He certainly speaks about that. Verse 12 again. Let's just go on down to verse 16. We read all those. You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear fruit. We have been appointed to bear fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatever you ask the father in my name, he may give you the request we make of the father and the fact that he answers has a whole lot to do with the fruit that we have and how that fruit remains. So here we wrap it up with this. Bearing fruit is a result of our union with the vine. Bearing fruit is a result of our union with the vine. Our responsibility as his disciples in the road by which we glorify the Father. Bearing fruit is a result of our union with the vine. Our responsibility. As his disciples in the road by which we glorify the Father, we can all be fruit bearing people. It doesn't have to be all that hard. We don't have to work at it, but there's something we have to do besides just being attached. There's something about this abiding. We all know the word abiding, we all know that we are called to abide. But if someone were to ask you, will you sit down and explain to me how do I abide? If we cannot explain it to someone else, how can we be sure that we are actually abiding? And if we are not abiding, how can we be producing fruit? And if we're not producing fruit, who do we glorify? It isn't God the Father, is it? If we're not producing fruit and we are part of the vine, what happens? Well, let's not even mess with that part. How many of y'all you don't even want to get into what happens if you don't? Let's just do. Let's just produce. So we're going to spend some weeks here to find out how is it that I can produce the fruit? How is it that I abide? And how can I tell when I have produced fruit? How can how do I know? What do I call fruit? What is it? How can I see it? How can I tell if I am not bearing fruit? How can I tell? Because it's important that I be able to tell, you know what, I am not in the fruit bearing stage. How many of y'all would like as branches to be able to tell yourself, branch, you're not producing, instead of the vine dresser saying, you know what, you're not producing, cut. How many of you would rather be able to do that yourself? Oh yeah, Yeah. let's do that ourselves. (laughs) Let's find out. What is it that I have to be doing? How is it that I can get this thing going? What can we be doing? Would you all stand up with me? This is our communion Sunday. We'll finish this off as we celebrate communion together. Glory to God. We all can be producers of fruit. So often the enemy has gotten us into condemnation because he says, you haven't gotten anyone born again. You're not operating in any of the gifts of the Holy Spirit you must not be a fruit producer. And so we've actually just kind of shunned away from the whole topic of producing fruit. And many Christians cannot tell you if they are producing fruit or if they are not. Because the subject scares us because we see what the results are. And if I realize I'm not producing fruit, but I don't know how to fix it, where will that put me? Well, we need to be out of that place. God doesn't want us to be in a place of fear. He wants us to be in a place of confidence. And we can find out how is it that I can be producing fruit because it will change your life. If the fruit of God is being produced on your branch, your life will be drastically different than without fruit. Thank God we have fruit. Thank God we go out there and have a banana or an orange or mango or cherry pie or blueberry pie or whatever it might be that you want to have, raspberries. How many of you all like raspberry iced tea? Glory to God, who thought of that? i know i like it fruit is such a great addition to our life Oh, Stan he begins to play the music we can begin to think of ourselves for the word of god says let's judge ourselves we don't want to wait for the mind dresser to have to come along and cut us off let's judge ourselves get ourselves ready
1: is a bond of the devil and from every bond I am free The cost of my healing has been remitted Jesus paid it all at Calvary I am the My infirmity His blood alone has qualified my standing His blood has bought the right I now receive
0: I am the healer of the Lord. That was a little different song than got than the first one I had for it, but that still works for communion, doesn't it? <laughs> I am the healed of the Lord. Hallelujah. On the night in which Jesus was betrayed, He took the bread before the supper and He broke it. And He said, This represents My body, which is broken for you. He did it in two parts because He wanted us to understand that upon His body, was put our sickness, our disease, that He bore in His body our, si- our curse, our sickness, and our disease. Isaiah says that upon Him, by His stripes, we are healed. That upon Him was put the curse of the law. That we do not have to bear it. So before supper even started, He took the bread and He broke it. And He said, this represents My body which is broken for you. His body bore what well, we don't have to. Let's eat together. After supper he took the cup and he said this represents the blood of the new covenant. The old covenant was a blood of bulls and goats and lambs and others and it just covered up sin. But he said, This one's even better. Because my blood will wash away your sin. No longer just covering it up. His blood would wash us clean. We have salvation, the forgiveness of sins, through the blood of Jesus, not through his body. The Word of God tells us that his blood is sufficient, it is all that we need. We don't have to have good works. Our own, re- our own penance doesn't do anything for it. What saved us, what forgave us of our sins, was the blood of Jesus. One who walked on this earth, faced the temptations that we faced, and yet remained victorious over them. And because of that, he said, I will take your penalty, because I am not due one. And that night when he was betrayed, he was brought before Pilate, And I was over in the temple. They were looking at the lambs and they were inspecting lambs to see which ones could be the Passover lambs. And they would say, this one is without blemish. It can be a Passover lamb. Pilate was looking at Jesus. And he declared over Jesus, go and crucify him, for I find no fault in him. Those were big words because he was judged as not having any fault or any sin. So his blood could wash us clean. Let's remember, there's nothing we have to add to the forgiveness of sin. There's no good works that we do to get us saved. We believe in Jesus. Believe in His Word. Let's drink together. Father, we thank You for the sacrifice of giving Your Son, Jesus, to die on the cross for our sins, that we would be set free from sin, from the penalty of sin, we don't have to bear that anymore. We thank You that on His body was put our sicknesses and our diseases. And we don't have to bear those anymore. And we thank You that You opened the way for us to become attached to the vine, Jesus. And that we can produce fruit and bring glory to the Father. Thank You for the help that You give us to comprehend and understand all these things. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. rush ushers will have a trash can out in the back if you want to put your tr- your cup over in there. Thank you all for being a part of us. Service here today. We have uh, parables on Wednesday night that will be going on. And then, uh, is this weekend anything going on? We have an open weekend, don't we? Oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to put in the bulletin. I knew there was something else in there. Benny Hinn is coming the week of the... Uh, not this week next week 12th and 13th he'll be here Thursday and Friday and that's going to be down at the uh, temple campus the Lea Center and uh, you can look up online to get directions on that or get some information but uh, it's a great meeting if you want to head on out there if you've got something that's been plaguing you and you need a miracle that's a great place to go get built up in the word of God and know what the word of God promises you just like other folks did in the word of God let that miracle be yours have a great day. Enjoy. It looks like we got a little bit of rain out there. I guess we can enjoy some of that